You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. What's up, all you whitetail perverts? Welcome back to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles. I am your host, Dan Johnson, and today we have another Sportsman's Empire favorite on the podcast, Mr. Parker McDonald. Parker is the host of, one of the hosts of the Limhanger podcast, 100% Turkey uh, talk on that podcast, and then of course, where everybody knows him, the Southern Ground podcast and YouTube channel, so uh, uh, it's always a pleasure talking to Parker, and here's what we're going to talk about today on the podcast. This is a, a straight up BS session. We kick the episode off with an interesting question. Is Texas part of the South? Is it, does it have the Southern culture? When someone says the South, is Texas included in that? Or does uh, Texas kind of have a pass to be a standalone state? You know what I mean? And so uh, that's always a fun conversation to have, especially with a Southerner like Parker. He is originally from Texas, and now he lives in Alabama. But um, that's we, we kicked the episode off with a little fun. Then we kind of recap his turkey season, and the guy went on a mission this year. And he, like, you, like you'll hear in the, this podcast, he had uh, one of his best years ever. And then what I was interested in, is as he is turkey hunting, is he even thinking about deer hunting? Like if he's coming across some good turkey, you know, if he's hunting some turkeys and he comes across some good deer terrain or some good deer sign, is he marking that down? Is he thinking about it? Does his mind shift from turkeys to deer? And does he start thinking about access routes and all that good stuff? Um, that's the that's that's ultimately why I wanted him on this podcast, and and uh, so it's a fun episode. Now we are picking up a, another partner of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, and I am happy to announce that we have partnered with Huntworth. Now, if you guys don't know who Huntworth is, they are a camel company or an apparel company or a gear company however you want to look at it and they make all different types of uh, camel right they have three main uh, patterns disruption tarnin and hidden and uh, the only thing that you need to do is go to the website and check out all of the you know here i'll just click the shop button real quick and uh, we're going to shop and we can sort and it allow it sorts by lightweight middleweight and heavyweight and so they have apparel whether you're a western guy whether you're a southern guy whether you're the saskatoon in the middle of winter and it's negative 20 or 40 degrees uh, they have everything that you need 
And so uh, also be sure to check out the Hunting Gear podcast this week because I interview Tracy Breen. Uh, he's a marketing guy over there and we talk about company history. We talk about their products. And so the best, com- the best information is on their website, huntworthgear.com. Then go also go listen to the Hunting Gear podcast uh, to check out all that stuff. So uh, welcome Huntworth. Welcome to the Nine Finger family. Uh, I'm excited to be working with you guys and, and be uh, testing out some of your gear this uh, this fall. And I will keep you posted as soon as as I as I wear them, as I get acclimated in them, uh, what my thoughts are with those. So uh, stay tuned on that. Uh, and then next on the list is everybody's favorite habitat tool, the Woodman's Pal. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with this machete-like tool, it is perfect for chopping down small trees, hacking down bushes, cutting shooting lanes, uh, hacking vines off trees, uh, clearing, uh, clearing all the junk out around your trail cameras. Uh, so you can get some good pictures. It's just a good tool to have in your truck or in your pack at all times. And uh, it's durable, it's made in America, and it's been around since 1941. So there's some longevity there as well. So go check out the Woodman's Pal at thewoodmanspal.com. Those are the commercials for today. Huge shout out to those two partners. Huge, huge shout out for all of you. Please go to iTunes, leave a five-star review. I could really use that. Also, be sure to follow on Instagram and share my stuff. And that way, we can keep the ball rolling here. Uh, and make sure you are checking out all of the, uh, the the podcasts on the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network. Dude, we have so many good, so much good content coming out of the Sportsman's Empire. It's not even funny. So go to, go to sportsmansempire.com and uh, just check out all of the content providers there. You will definitely find something you love. All right, that is the commercials. That's the intro. Hopefully you guys enjoy this episode and we'll talk to you on the back end. Three, two, one. All right, on the phone with me today, the host of the Southern Ground Podcast and the Limhanger Podcast, Mr. Parker McDonald. Parker, what's up, man? Oh, dude, just um, enjoying, I don't even know how to put it. I'm enjoying not turkey hunting, but I'm also really missing turkey season, yeah. too, at the same time. Yeah. I just, you know, just like deer season, especially when you're a turkey nut like yourself, the anticipation, like the first couple months leading into it, and then going hard, and then it's just like you blink and it's over. And it's crazy, like the deer seasons are like that, too. You you, you put so much time and energy into just the thought of it and now it's it's gone and now it's just thinking about it again yeah dan it it is definitely different here i will say that because our deer season is like freaking six months it seems like so it it, by the end of deer season you feel like you've been like you know that meme there's a meme of leonardo dicaprio like clean shaven and then there's uh the one from the Revenant, where it's yep. like me before deer season, <laughs> me after. As you could, you could legit put on like thirty pounds during our deer season here in the yeah. south. Like I believe it. Like you might look like it. a completely different person at the beginning and at the end. Yep. Yep. Hey, I, I, I don't know why I thought about this. All right. So you used to live in Texas. Now you're in Alabama. Is Texas? the south oh that's a good question i would say yes okay i'd consider it the south um but as far as hunting is concerned it is different now texas is one of those states where you have everything you could have mountains you can have flat Mm -hmm. country you can have farm country and you get out in the East Texas, which is where I typically hunt at now. Since my parents, I was raised in West Texas, but my parents live in East Texas now. Yeah. And when you go to East Texas, it looks like Louisiana. Like it looks like yeah. deep South. Yeah. They're really not like that Texas feel that you, you think about. Um, and so you go out there, dude, and people talk with a little bit of a, a Southern accent. Slang in them. Um, yeah, it looks it looks like the deep south out there. It's mm-hmm. hot and muggy, and there's swamps and stuff like that. So, 
it hunts very similar to to, to the deep south too. Um, I think technically Texas would have would have been in the Confederacy, correct? See, I don't know. I thought Texas was just Texas. Like, I don't think maybe it was. Maybe back then it was. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I think people were just like, because I, I used to watch this documentary called "The Men." Who like there? Was, it started off being the men who built America, but then there was a whole bunch of spinoffs, and then it was like the frontier or something like that. Well, and it talked about how Daniel—I believe it was Daniel Boone—made his way to Texas, and people in Texas they were just like, "We hate everything about the government, and all we want to do is just live our <laughs> lives." And so, to me, I look at that as like. They didn't. They didn't want any part of being in the Confederacy or being a Northerner. You know, being a oh, gee, many Christmas. The you know, being a, considered the North by any means. And so, you know, there's all these. There's all these. Nobody wants that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and so we have all these uh, uh, um, these conversations that I've heard lately. For some reason, I just it just gets brought up, and some people are like. Texas is not the South. Texas is Texas. It just happens to be in the South. And uh, and then, you know, Louisiana and East is considered the South. And even as far North as, man, some people might even consider Missouri the South, part of the South, you know? Yep. And so... Uh, it's it's just funny to to listen to people talk about in cultures and stuff because both like Virginia and West Virginia, those were those are both kind of southern in in their own way. Tennessee, obviously, Kentucky, obviously, but uh, North and South North and South Carolina, obviously, but and then the no brainers are are Florida and Georgia and you know Alabama and uh, Mississippi and Louisiana. So, well, here's what I found. On Google. Okay. Texas formally seceded on March 2nd in 1861 to become the seventh state in the new Confederacy. Okay. All right. So, so I didn't think they had that much of a part in the war, though. I think there was like know, a couple, maybe a couple battles, but I thought, like, I think Te- I, I, for some reason, everything I've learned, I, I feel like Texas is just, hey, man, we're going to be over here. Don't mess with us type of type of a, uh, a well, state so you're right country yeah country. It's, country it's its own thing man um yeah yeah i've always said like one of these days when the world goes to crap and texas secedes again yeah uh it's gonna be the best country in the world <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's crazy and these days who knows right <laughs> like who knows what's gonna no happen kidding. so no joke um Turkey season is over. How many states did you hunt this year? I hunted four states. Which ones? Um, I hunted Florida. Started out in Florida. Yep. Then hunted Alabama pretty much the whole season. I didn't really travel during the Alabama season. Okay. Uh, I don't think at all. Then went to Montana a couple weeks ago. And then just ended this weekend in Tennessee with just a two-day hunt. Yeah. in Tennessee because I paid for a license and I wanted to at least try to use it. Yeah. Um, Where Tennessee were you... was the, the, the one that I didn't kill in. Okay. So you killed in Alabama, you killed in Florida and Montana. That's right. All right. Yep. So Florida, way down here. Montana, way up there. What are the similarities and what are the differences in hunting those two species in different states? They're different species and different states. Oh, crap, dude. Um, the wild turkey is um, pretty similar in a lot of ways, right? So um, they're extremely paranoid animals, right? Uh, in the deep south, they seem to be a little more paranoid than they are. Uh, even even going to uh, Texas, uh, all the, the states, Nebraska, Texas. Um, I haven't really hunted outside of the South in a, in a ton of states, so I couldn't tell you. But I've hunted Rios and Merriams particularly. 
they're less skittish they gobble more and um they're maybe a little more uh, there's not quite the hunting culture around them that you have around Osceola's and Eastern. Yeah. So you find a property that's loaded with turkeys in Alabama, it's going to be really hard for you to get, from, get permission to hunt that property because probably so, there's just a deep culture of turkey hunting in the, in the South. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go to Texas and you're just driving through and you see a turkey or a gobbler, you know, on a property, you might have a decent chance of getting permission on that because – there's not a lot of people. Texas doesn't have this this deep culture around around turkey hunting, and neither does the the North in a lot of ways. You know, I know you're in Iowa. Yep. Uh, seems like a hardcore guy when it comes to hunting, but turkey hunting is essentially pretty easy for yeah. you, right? I mean, well, I mean, that's how you make it up. That, that's how you make yeah. it sound, anyways, Dan. Yeah, it's right. like it's an easy. It's, it may sound easy. I'll tell you this, that we are coming out of a, a, what I would consider a dry spell in Iowa. And man, I can remember as early as last year, which I didn't hunt very much last year, and then the, the previous seven years, not, not including this year. Man, I, I, things something changed, and there was no gobbling birds. I mean, I used to be able to stand on this one ridge, and it was in a river bottom, and I could hear a mile to the uh, it would have been the t- mile to the west and a mile to the east, and hear like fifty toms sound off. Right, something mm-hmm. changed over the past fifty years, or five, uh, five or fifty years, five uh, <laughs> years, seven to five years, and it was. And there was nothing going on on these farms, right? We we got the job done sometimes, but other times I was like, if they're not gobbling, you know, I, I did my part and I went and I went to some big glassing areas where like a field edge or something and glassed across a whole river bottom. No turkeys, man. And so um, this year when I went out with my daughter and then I ended up uh, going on uh, a hunt up here closer to where I live, it was encouraging to hear the amount of birds that were out and about this year. And so that was, that was a good sign. But aside from that, you know, the hunting pressure, I wouldn't say there is definitely not in Iowa. There's definitely not a Turkey culture like there is a deer culture, but I will say this people still go out and Turkey hunt, but it's not like, it's not, I'm taking vacation to go do it. You know, I'm going to go on the Mm -hmm. weekends or pop out when I can. And that's about it. Yeah, it sounds really similar to like uh, kind of how I feel about bass fishing. Like I like to bass fish; it's fun. I'm gonna do it every once in a while, but it's not like at the top of my priority list, you right. know. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 method of hunting these turkeys is is a little bit different too. I mean, they do the same, a lot of the same stuff, but when you're talking about super pressured turkeys compared to not pressured turkeys, and also um, turkey like just for example, out here in Alabama on, on the public land that I hunt, if I hear a turkey gobble, if, that's a big if. Mm-hmm. If I hear a turkey gobble that day, I feel that I have a pretty solid chance of being able to kill him. Mm-hmm. And the reasoning is because there's not 48 hens between me and him mm-hmm. most of the time. Uh, now, when I've gone to even Tennessee sometimes or um, Nebraska, Montana, um not so much montana we didn't really struggle with that in montana but other states there's all it with big turkey populations it's hard to pull turkeys away yeah. from a hen yeah um and so you know the there's less turkeys here in the south there's less turkeys in florida than there are in montana so that obviously changes your hunt a little yeah. bit um it's just you know I, like i'm a nut about it i'm crazy about it and i think largely because of that i think the reason you have such a deep culture of turkey hunting in the south number one is it's been generational right yeah. like like a lot of a lot of the old school the old timers they, they started yeah. right it wasn't even a thing in a lot of these northern states whereas down here it was um so you have rich like deep deep generation like generational yeah um hunters and then it's also super hard right like it's hard to find goblin turkey especially if you're hunting on public land 
it's significantly harder down south to hunt them. Yeah. And so, uh, because there's less of them, and uh, that makes crazy about it, right? right? The harder it is, maybe the more dedicated you are to it. Um, like, I wouldn't want to hunt deer if they were just around every bush. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That would be, that'd be like hunting, it'd be like going and, and hunting blackbirds. You know, I yeah. mean, it's fun to shoot stuff, but yeah. I'm not going to get crazy about it because it's pretty easy. Yeah. I will say this. My experience on public land, granted, it's different state than Alabama, is on private ground, they'll gobble on the roost, and then they'll fly down, and then they'll gobble for a little bit. Most, if I'm going to say, on average, most of the time. But my experience on uh, public land here in Iowa has been gobble in the tree, fly down, go quiet. And so... Yeah. at least they're gobbling though is my point and you know it's like some states where they're yeah. not like some areas like what you're talking about they're not even gobbling it on the roost at least it allows me to go set up on them and and call them in that way and they, they don't even have to gobble once you know where they're at in the tree so uh yeah I'll, i i want to know though about this montana hunt because that's a big trip for you and that's a first for you right when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I went to Wyoming last year okay. for turkeys, so not terribly far. Yeah. But it was the first time I'd ever been to Montana. Okay. Talk to me about that hunt. Well, in a nutshell, it was the greatest hunting trip I've ever taken. <laughs> um, I don't think, just as far as success levels, right? Like right. One of those hunts, and, and you may may be able to this as a deer hunter. Most deer hunters will be able to relate. Like you, you have these trips sometimes where everything goes right. Right. And, and all the daydream that you did before the hunt, it all like comes true and you feel like, holy crap, like this is awesome. Yeah. So started out on private land, uh, a guy, Jacob Bliss. So it was me, my buddy, Jacob Bliss and my buddy, Joey Bell. Joey Bell is one of the co-hosts on the Limb Hanger podcast. And, uh, Jacob had family in Montana with, with uh, a small ranch. That had they said you know sometimes turkeys on it sometimes it's not but it was like this cottonwood river bottom just beautiful with mountains all around it yeah um just kind of down in this valley and it didn't take us long to figure out that there was a crap load of turkey on it yeah um we drove around the first day well we pulled in the gate and there's a long beard and cattle like like a horse corral thing just chilling out just hanging out all right, well, that's cool. It took everything inside of me not to like run out there and try to try to kill it, because uh, because that's just what we do, right? right. Like you, a gobbler, you're like let's make a game plan, but we didn't. The next morning we got up and uh, and there was like five birds gobbling together, um, right outside the camper we were in, like <laughs> you know within two or three hundred yards of the camper we were in. So we set up on these birds, didn't, and they, everything ended up flying off another property. Long story short, we drove around for a little bit and located a bunch of gobblers, like a bunch of them. And we saw that there were five on the property that we could hunt. As we're driving the road, we see them just like right on, on our side of the property, uh, property line. So rolled around real quick, made a game plan. And, uh, there was three of us, uh, I was, I basically told the guys like, Hey, I'm going to make sure we get good footage for this trip. I'll be the last shooter. I don't mind. I'll be the last shooter, you know, in the rotation, you guys kill turkeys and I'll kill one, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so ended up setting up on these birds and spotted them at like 80 yards away from our setup. And we were behind this big blown down cottonwood. And I was like crouched behind both of the guys and we were trying to just decide, okay, are we going to do, we're going to do like a three, two, one shoot. And both of those guys try to shoot at the same time. 
or are we going to do like Jacob shoots first and then Joey shoots? We ended up deciding to do a three, two, one shoot. And I told him, I told Jacob, I was like, listen, man, if you, if you shoot, then hand me the gun and I'll hand you the camera and we'll try to do this. Cause we knew there was five, five, like full fan, long beard mm -hmm. turkeys in this group. And so we ended up calling them in and they sat at like 20 yards for the longest freaking time to get it set up to where both of them had a shot. And I will say both of these guys did an excellent job of refraining. I would have had a really hard time not shooting, especially if I was first shooter yeah. because they were just standing there looking. Yeah. And so three, two, one, boom, three turkeys fall dead. Joey shoots two with one shot and <laughs> Jacob, Jacob shoots another one. Well, the two that were left start trying to flog the ones that were dead. And so Jacob hands me the gun and I like throw him the camera and I get around Joey and I shoot one and it folds. It, it's dead. And I was jacked, dude. We were like, heck yes, this is awesome. Well, I turn and look at the guys and I'm like, this is great. We just tripled. And there's another long beard standing in the spot where I had just shot the other one, like in the exact same spot. And I was like, is that another one? Or is that the one that I shot? What do I do? Like the video put it's hilarious. And I'm like, should I shoot it? Like, do I shoot this one too? So I ended up shooting this bird. And so that's and five deer that are, that's five Turkey in one hunt. In one hunt. It gets better. <laughs> we didn't realize, we didn't realize that it was five. Like, at one point, one of us said, so how many turkeys did we actually shoot? Because <laughs> we didn't know. That's crazy. We knew that there was not enough turkeys in that group to make us illegal. So if we shot every bird in that group, we were still going to be legal. And that was kind of what we knew. And we that's two a person in and Montana? It's two a person in that region. Yeah. Uh, so Montana, you can buy a region tag, a general tag, and a, and a general tag. But your region, you can buy a tag in every region. You can use your general tag anywhere. So we decided we were going to use our tag for that region and our general in in that spot. Gotcha. So we both killed. We could all three kill two. So we're like trying to figure out like collect turkeys. <laughs> the 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 picture is hilarious. We're just confused and we don't really celebrate. We're just <laughs> in trying shock. to figure out what just happened and finally. Finally, we were like, okay, we killed five birds. I knew I had killed two. I knew Joey had killed two with one shot. So that was kind of cool. Um, and we're sitting there, and Jacob looks around. And he's like, boys, did we just kill five longbeards? <laughs> and we lost it. We were like, this is the greatest thing ever. And the coolest thing was there was plenty. Of, we didn't just, like, destroy the population. There was 11 more gobblers on this property yeah. that we knew about. There may have been more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was like, you know, I got a lot of negative feedback when I posted the pictures because people are like, you should never kill five longbeards and one property or whatever. Like, that's just greedy or whatever. Yeah. But ultimately, like, we didn't we didn't do anything that was going to damage the population. The landowner literally said, like, kill as many as you want. We got yeah. plenty of them. Yeah. Um, so the part that gets better Jacob or uh, Jacob had only shot one out of this group, so he still got a tag in this region. And we're sitting there. Guys like to they they like to do the old cigar smoking celebration, mm -hmm. and they don't just they don't just pull out a, a cheap old cigarillo. They they get like nice cigars that take an hour to smoke. And so we strung up all five of these long beards on this this same cottonwood basically that we set by that we are set up. We string them all up and sit there and we're just reliving like this is amazing this is the greatest hunt ever and all this stuff and about an hour later an hour passes by and we finally get up we had been talking about like okay so we're gonna try to shoot jacob's other one today or we're we gonna take it easy and take good pictures or like what are we gonna do here and and i think we'd all just said like if we see one we're gonna go kill it but if we don't see anything, we're just going to wait until tomorrow and try to kill this last bird. And then we had all bought tags for a region um, where we were going to hunt the plant. And so we, we kind of wanted to get there and do that because we had time now. So we stand up. The guys finish their cigars. We stand up. Look, behind, behind turkeys that were hanging up, and I see more turkeys back there moving around, like, like 
maybe a hundred yards past where these turkeys are hung up. And I was like, boys, there's some more turkeys over there. And I, I think somebody pulls up the binos and we see that there's a male turkey there. We see the redhead walking mm-hmm. through. And the light lined up, then it was, it's super funny footage because I'm zooming in with my camera and I zoom past all five of the long beards that are hanging up and it ends up focusing on another turkey that's walking a hundred yards behind them. It's just such a cool shot. Jacob's like, all right, let's do this thing. So we, <laughs> we use the bodies of these turkeys that are hanging as cover <laughs> to sneak in. <laughs> To sneak because we were we were like we were probably 20 yards away from them at this point just looking at them and we yeah. sneak in i ended up i ended up hiding behind the turkeys the dead turkeys and filming from that position like mm-hmm. i'm leaned up against feathers and feet and jacob crawls underneath that log and finds a really good setup makes a few calls ends up calling this this gobbler over and shoots it and so like within an hour We've just successfully killed six birds and all tagged out. 20 hour, 20 hour drive from, or whatever, you know, 15 hour drive from uh, Alabama to Montana and then a one hour hunt. (laughs) Crazy. Well, so we actually flew. Oh, flew. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. Awesome. So that was good. Um, What's the, what's the, were they, were they responding to calls really easy up there? I would say they respond to sound. Uh, Miriam's, Miriam's turkeys, they shot gobble a lot. Yeah. So any, if you make lies, especially private land, unpressured turkeys, they're going to gobble at it. Okay. Um, these, these, they, uh, or that group that we called in and then the sixth, the sixth one, they came straight to the calling. Like, like they were, they were responding and moving towards the call. Uh, so we, one thing with Merriam's that I was going to say earlier is a lot of my Merriam's hunts in the past have been like really heavy spot and stalk because they just, they quickly and they'll gobble, but they don't really like, they don't really come to the call unless yeah. it's where they're planning on going anyways. And so uh, that was a cool difference. You know, this was more of your traditional style call them to the barrel yeah. hunt. Man. And uh, the only thing that wasn't traditional is that there was six. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That... Yeah. I've been to some uh, places out west where I've seen, oh, man, I want to say like hundred, hundreds of turkeys in a single flock out there. And so, yeah. uh, and, you know, you hear these other, you hear these other people that, you know, this story included about how, how many turkeys there are out west and and uh yeah dude that's so cool that's so cool all right um turkey season would you say it's a success hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline it was my best turkey season ever awesome best ever i i I tagged out in Florida, tagged out in Alabama, tagged out in Montana. We ended up, we ended up going to public land after that, and all three of us killed our bird of that trip. Yeah. Um, and so, it, it was, it was, it was one of those seasons, man, where I, I felt genuinely like, and this is not, this is not a testament. This is not arrogant at all because I've had a lot of really humbling turkey hunts. Yeah. But this year particularly, I felt like I, I went out and I did things right. Yeah. Every time. Like I could do no wrong. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Yep. The calls worked. You have those. They responded the way they were supposed to. They came in the way they were supposed to. Yeah. I've had, I've had turkey seasons like that before, man. Uh, Those are the fun ones for sure. They are. They're fun. I I had a blast. And you know, the cool thing is, is this year specifically, I got to hunt a lot of good turkey hunters and I haven't in the past 
I've hunted with a couple, like my buddy Adam. He's a great turkey hunter, and we've hunted together uh, once in the past. But other than that, I had never really hunted with a super experienced hunter. Yeah. You know, I've always been kind of the experienced hunter in any hunts, group hunts that we've done. And so yeah. it was nice. It was fun to, 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 to get in there and learn some new things, you know, like I'm a hundred percent self-taught, you know, for the yeah. most part with turkey hunting. And, uh, so it was neat to, to yeah. do that with, with some guys who knew what the heck they were doing. Hey, you need to invite me to Montana next year, man. That sounds like fun. Um, <laughs> It is a blast. Paul, uh, so much fun. Paul Campbell, he said he was going to pick me up, but he never picked me up, and he went to Montana too. And so I want to go to Montana and hunt real easy turkeys. <laughs> so me uh, and Paul Campbell had a had a plan for hunting turkeys in Florida. Yeah, and uh, and what we weren't able to make it work, but uh, I like that dude. He's a he's a heck of a dude, and. He'll talk your ear off about turkeys. That's oh, for sure. he loves his turkey hunting. That's for sure. All right. Now, <laughs> when you were hunting in Tennessee, when you were hunting, because I know you whitetail hunt in Tennessee. I, obviously, you obviously hunt whitetails in, uh, in Alabama. Are you at all paying attention to what's going on uh, from a, let's say, an old sign or terrain features or you know, hey, th this turkey's not gobbling right now, so I'm going to change focus just for a little bit and start thinking about deer and where they live in these areas. And the reason I'm asking this question is because I want to know if any of the ground that you covered during turkey season, you have stuffed away in the back of your head saying, hey, I want to come back here during the deer season. Yeah. Uh, in short, yes. That's okay. why I do that. Um I will say that I don't, I'm not like a, uh, I, I could not tell you if somebody were to say, what do you love more, turkey hunting or deer hunting? Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's not, I can't answer that question. You know, I heard, I asked Catman that question one time and he said, I believe it was Catman. He said, it's just kill me because yeah. I, I can't use, um, and so that's how I am. When I am turkey hunting, I am hyper on turkeys. When I'm deer hunting, I'm hyper focused on deer. Uh, but I am constantly learning from learning both at the same time. So if I if I'm deer hunting and I see a flock of fifty turkeys, you know, running a ridge, I'm I'm going to mark that. I'm going to remember that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to come back to it. I will say, turkey season. I do more turkey scouting. No, I do more deer scouting during turkey season than I do turkey scouting during deer season. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah, you did. Um, so because the nature of the way I turkey hunt is moving around 100% of the time, you know, I'm I'm covering ground. If there's not turkeys gobbling, I'm moving. And so it, you get a lot more exposure to different areas if you do that. Yeah. And so uh, – I'm always looking at that. I will say when turkey season start winding down here in Alabama, my mind starts shifting a lot more into that. Like I had a, had a, a great, a great deer scouting turkey hunt. It was a terrible turkey hunt, but uh, I ended up jumping a big buck out of a bed following sign. I was really following his sign, just trying to get some ideas of where he might be at. And I jumped him up big giant track uh in the mud there where he ran through and like i started marking stuff and getting really excited about this particular deer in this particular spot um my best spots that i have that i deer hunt on public are i, I would say at least half of them i found during turkey season because that's when i'm that's when i'm learning the lay of the land i'm in that that part of of deer scouting and that's the most important part to me it's more important than even sign uh, in the places that I hunt, if you can find the the terrain and vegetation that you know deer like, there's a good chance there's going to be deer there in the fall. Yeah. Um, at least in the in the areas that I hunt, and and even in Tennessee, we were in Tennessee this last week, and you know I marked a crap ton of deer stuff yeah. out there because it, you know, I mean, it, it, I, I would encourage anybody to mark stuff. 
Like, yeah. I don't care if you're turkey hunting. If you find a scrape, mark it. If you find a a, a spot that looks like a great funnel with a sign, mark it. Yeah. But you never know when you – I think I heard Zach Barrymore talk about it one time. He's like, I never know when I might come to Florida during a turkey during a deer season. I'm going to mark every deer that I see. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's what I do too. I do a lot of that. Even if it's just like a, a drive on a road, if I see a big buck in a field – I'm going to mark it and that way I know that there is a big deer in the area and will the chances of me ever hunting that area are probably small but just in case like I just like seeing dots on a map that are I don't know it's almost like a journal entry I saw this thing sure. here on this day and so so a lot of a lot of data collection almost um are are mm-hmm. you thinking, I don't know, let's say you see a deer, you see a big track, or you see maybe even, I know you like, you look for beds, things like that. Are, are you then thinking about how would I get a tree stand in here at this point or uh, a saddle and what my access routes would be, or does that come later? Uh, it come, it comes right then. If I find something that's, that's really, really good, I've got a, I'll tell you just an example might help. Um, there's a spot that I call danger zone and, uh, I can't, I can't give away too many reasons why I name it danger zone because it might give the area away. I call it danger zone and, um, I found it during Turkey season four or five years ago. And it has turned into the spot, right? Like it's turned into when I got there, there were zero turkeys on it whatsoever. Like there's never turkeys on this property. So it was kind of a waste of a turkey hunt. But as far as deer numbers go, it's the best spot that I have to see a bunch of deer. Yeah. Um and when I find those spots that just like it's just unreal deer habitat or it's just everything I want. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna look around like, okay, here's the here's the slope that I like, you know, uh, or here's the feature that I like. What tree can I mark so that whenever I come in here during deer season, I don't have to do anything other than just go to the tree that I mark. Yeah, because you know, I mean, there's a good chance I'm not big on trail cameras. Uh, I prep trees, you know. I'm I'm a pretty heat of the moment kind of guy. Like there's a good chance that's going to be the next time I come into that spot is going to be when I'm in a deer. Um, yeah. And so I'll do, I'll do a lot of that type of stuff. If I find the spot, that's just money, money. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. Um, so are you still, are you still doing a lot of kayak stuff then? Are you still doing a lot of water access? I do a lot of water access. Now, um, as far as, ki- I don't think I used the kayak one time last year. Okay. Which is kind of crazy. I was kind of sad about it, but I got a nice boat. Yeah. Or, uh, I say it's a nice boat. It's a nicer boat than a kayak. Yeah. And I'll cover ground a lot more efficiently, or cover water, I guess, a lot more efficiently and get places that might be a little bit deeper, um, faster. So I've, I'm sure I've shared stories on, on Nine Finger Chronicles before about yeah. like two mile paddles and paddling mm-hmm. at three o'clock in the morning just kind of scary it's it's not that scary it's just not very efficient yeah if there's another method my ultimate goal is to kill deer yeah and i like the kayak it's sexy you know uh, it's it's a badass story telling a story yeah yeah but at the end of the day if i can kill if i can be more efficient with a boat then i'm going to use a boat that's really what i care about i don't care about the way that it looks or the the pictures that i take I, i like them but i want to kill deer yeah. And so I'm I'm still out of water access. I'll tell you though, I don't do much water access for turkeys anymore. Most of my turkey hunts are gonna be walk in. Yeah. Um, because I'm covering so much ground anyways. Yeah. Uh just because of the way that I turn like most of my water spots, I don't have giant chunks of property that I can cover in a day. You know, it's one little chunk here and then yeah. boat over to another spot, little chunk there. Um, I wished I would have this year because I have some buddies that, that did it and they said the turkeys were on fire on the water. So, um, you know, it's just a, it's just a tool in your tool belt. That's, that's what it should be this year. I just didn't ever pull out that tool. Yeah. Hey man, that is what it is. 
right now in my town, there's three boats, all like, you know, a used boat with just a small motor on it, trailer with a trailer with, you know, lights on it and everything. And I'm, I want, I want like a beater boat so bad that I can run bank poles out of and, uh, and run, uh, on the backwater and, and do, you know, do all the, the water access stuff that you're doing and take the kids out and do a little fishing on it too. But I haven't pulled the trigger yet. Yeah. So, but I, well, but I I'll want tell to. you, that's another great, benefit. another great benefit of a boat is being able to take other people with you. Yeah. You know, I, I was always kind of at a disadvantage whenever I was kayaking because, mm-hmm. you know, I'd want to invite buddies, but if they don't have the right kayak set up, then they're going to be miserable on that hunt. Yeah. Whereas with a boat, you just roll with me, yep. you know, you just get in the boat with me and we'll go. Yeah. It makes things a little bit easier that way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, now that turkey season's over, I mean, are, are you fully shifted to whitetails yet? Or are you still kind of in a buffer zone? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I mean, I'm shifted to whitetails as far as like my planning and things like that. Like, um... I think I said earlier, I was grateful that it's not turkey season yeah. uh, anymore, but I'm also sad that it's not turkey season. Uh, the reason why I'm grateful is because I can concentrate on the things that I need to make a priority, like my business and my family. Yep. Um, and so right now it's kind of really that I'm in that mode. I'm in this, like, let's get business done. We'll start planning for deer season. We'll start planning all that stuff. Um, but I'm spending a lot of time with family and getting my, my actual business that makes money i'm getting yeah. it where it needs to be at um now i recently accepted i don't think i've even told you about this dan uh recently accepted a i guess you could call it a, a job it's not really it's a it's a seasonal job with tethered mm-hmm. this fall i'm going to be traveling with them as the producer for the tagged out tour oh buddy. um so i'm going to be going around the country you know, hunting and hanging out with these. For anybody who doesn't know what tagged out tour is, like five, they take five guys, five young guys, 18 to 25, give them a whole bunch of challenges, give them all the gear they need, pay for their tags, go out and, and kill deer and get it on film. And so it's kind of like a reality show type feel. And uh, last year there wasn't really a, a designated producer for it. And uh, this year they're going to change it up and I'm going to be the producer. And I'm, super excited because i get to like i get to just go right like i get to hunt for for a living for three months which is cool yeah that's Um, awesome man that's that that sounds like fun do you have do you have a schedule put together right now that you know where you're going we're we're working on it yeah we're working on it currently we haven't we haven't put anything out there we've just kind of been talking about things back and forth and uh you know the tethered guys they're they're pretty even like easy going mm-hmm. um and we're trying to we're just trying to get it all put together right now that's awesome uh, and I've, I've been able to have a part in that greg's literal words were be selfish huh? go where you want to hunt yeah like, pick places you want to <laughs> hunt so that would be i'm pretty excited about that's it. awesome um but what about for you as far as hunting is concerned uh are you do you have any special draws that you drew this year or is it back to the the usual, you know, Iowa, Texas, or not Iowa, excuse me, Alabama, Texas, Kentucky, Tennessee? Man, I'll be honest. I don't even know if I'm going to hunt Kentucky this year okay. because I'm going to be doing this tagged out tour from, from September through almost till Thanksgiving. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to be able to hunt all these states that we go to during this time frame. Uh, but our Alabama, our Alabama rut is going to fall usually December and January in most of the states. So it really doesn't interfere with that. So absolutely, I'm going to be balls to the wall. Once December gets here, I'm going to be really going hard on Alabama. Yeah. Um, and then, 
you know, I may end up hunting Texas at some point because my family's there and we got some property there. May end up hunting there. Uh, Florida, there's a good chance I'll hunt Florida this year. Yeah. Uh, I have family there, but also I've been, you know, uh, my buddy Walter, he's got, you know, several areas that, that we tried to hunt together a couple times and he's kind of on my bucket list to kill Florida deer. So, and I've never done it. Yeah. Uh, missed a good one last year in Florida. A really good one. Like, it would have been a good one in Alabama, let alone Florida. And I just, I missed him twice. And, uh, you need some redemption. Just, I need it, dude. I've missed too many big deer. <laughs> that happens with freaking guns, too, Dan. With rifles. <laughs> oh, like, I didn't know that. You suck even more yeah, now. <laughs> freaking, freaking rifles, dude. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I missed. I missed potentially the biggest deer of my life this year in Alabama with a rifle at 10 yards. Um, I missed that Florida deer with a rifle twice. I just. You need to put the gun down and pick the bow up, son. Sounds like it. Yeah. It sounds like it. Well, my friend, uh, it's been great catching up with you. Uh, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, obviously it sounds like your, your turkey hunting season was a success. But uh, hopefully that success rolls through the summer all the way into uh, the fall and you lay down not only some great footage for tethered, but lay down some good bucks wherever you end up hunting. So uh, thanks for uh, coming on, man, short notice. And uh, uh, we'll talk to you when we talk to you, man. Sound great. It's always a pleasure, Dan. And there you have it. Another episode in the books. Huge shout out to Parker. Huge shout out to Huntworth. Huge shout out to uh, Woodman's Pal. Huge shout out to Huntstand, Vortex, Wasp, and Tethered. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. And last but not least, my friends, good vibes in, good vibes out. And we'll talk to you next time.